What's up, Fight Fans, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Mat here on Final Timeout Sports. I'm your host, Forbes Crowley, and I'm going to be doing this eighth episode of The Mat here solo. I'm going to be looking back uh, at UFC Fight Night Vera versus Cruz, and then looking ahead at tomorrow's star-studded card, UFC 278 Usman vs. Edwards 2. Really could not be more excited for this card. Uh, we're going to start it off uh, talking about the Marcin Tybura versus Alexander Romanov fight. Then we're going to move on to the main card, Jose Aldo versus Mirab Devalishi. I definitely just butchered that. And then, of course, we have Paulo Costa making his return against Luke Rockhold, who's coming off of a semi-retirement. And then, of course, we have the main event of the night, Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards for the welterweight title, the rematch we've all been waiting for. It's going to be really exciting, and I'm going to break down all the fights here on this eighth episode of The Mat. But before we get to tomorrow's Edwards versus Usman 2, we're going to look back at the Vera versus Cruz night. Um, exciting fight night, you know, a whole lot of finishes um, with a lot of exciting finishes. Uh, just to name one, the Tyson Nam versus Oday Osborne fight. Um, Osborne tried a flying knee, missed, and caught an absolute right hook from Tyson Nam, knocked him out. One interesting thing to note about that fight uh, is the California State Athletic Commission wants Tyson Nam to move up weight uh, after he violated the board's fight night weight regulations. So he's, Nam successfully made weight uh, at 126 pounds. However, uh, when he weighed in before the actual fight on fight night, he was 146 pounds, uh, a 20 pound increase, uh, which is 16% of your body weight. Anything over 10% is flagged by the commission and anything more than 16% uh, is a violation, which is the category that Nam falls into. Uh, so they want uh, Nam to move up a weight class, uh, which is just an interesting thing to think about. Um, and keep in mind that, yeah, a lot of these guys do come in a lot heavier than they are in fight night. Um, Marlon Vera uh, went from 135 to 151. Dominic Cruz went from, obviously, 135 to 154. So it's definitely something that's interesting to keep in mind how much these guys really do weigh when they get into the octagon and actually fight. Um, now, moving on to the main card, we had a really exciting fight between Nate Landwehr and uh, David Onama. Um, this went the distance three rounds uh, in the featherweight division. David Onama seemed like he had Nate on the ropes, almost uh, knocked him down, almost seemed like he was going to submit him in the first round, uh, but then seemed to, you know, overextend, expel all his energy. And from there, Nate was able to recover. Um, and just outstruck and outlanded him, had Onama, um, you know, on shaky legs a bunch of times. I give Onama credit. He was able to stay in it. He didn't look like his legs were beneath him in the slightest, but in the end, you know, it didn't really matter. Nate Landwehr was able to, uh, win this featherweight bout by majority decision. Um, great fight. Look to see where those guys match up, uh, next in their respective careers, which then brings us to Dominic Cruz versus Marlon Chito Vera, bantamweight uh, bout. Great fight. Um, you know, through three rounds, it technically 
Dominic Cruz was winning 29-28 on the scorecards, but anyone who's really watching the fight could tell that, you know, you look at Marlon Vera, his face looked like he wasn't even touched the entire fight. Meanwhile, um, I think Vera had three knockdowns in the first couple rounds. Um, literally any time he was making contacts, Cruz was going down. Obviously, with that great cardio, Cruz was able to get back up and recover, but Marlon was his power was overwhelming. Um, Dominic Cruz was definitely, um, you know, winning on the output, but he did not, you know, do really any damage. Um, and then, yeah, that, you know, kick to the face in the fourth round, um, absolutely put him down, definitely shattered his nose. Um, kind of upset that I was, uh, that I was right on this one, but, um, yeah, I mean, Marlon Chito Vera is a rising star, and it's going to be exciting to see who he faces next. You know, the problem is, when you look at that bantamweight division, um, champion Aljamain Sterling is fighting a title unification bout against TJ Dillashaw later this year. Um, Peter Yan is fighting Sugar Sean O'Malley later this year. Uh, Jose Aldo is on this same card uh, tomorrow fighting Mirab. Um, he's already beaten Rob Font, who's the seventh ranked Cheeto moved all the way up to fifth ranked bantamweight. So could kind of go with maybe a Corey Sandhagen who's fourth ranked, uh, most recently challenged for the interim belt with TJ Dillashaw. That could be an interesting fight, but I have a feeling that Cheeto's going to want to fight someone in the top two or the champ. I don't think he's going to be able to get a uh, title shot from this I think he's one fight removed from that but he might have to wait a little bit which is unfortunate he's an exciting fighter um, you know he's just cool calm and collected zeroed in picked his shot and absolutely nailed it um, on the other side of it Dominic Cruz you know his cardio was there he was moving well um, and landing shots but the problem was it they really didn't seem like they were doing any damage. Um, like I said, Cheeto had no damage on his face afterwards. Um, and, you know, Dominic Cruz, we'll see where he goes next. You know, it could you could see him versus Frankie Edgar in a, in a fight of the old heads. Um, but it's definitely hard to believe that Dominic Cruz is going to be competing for the bantamweight belt again in his career you know i i could see him having some some money fights you know get the crowd going get the fan base bigger before he retires but i I do think that his career now is more in commentating you know he's a great fighter and he still can be effective but i just think yeah it's age and injuries at this point and you can't escape those or out train those no matter what so we'll see um he's already said that he seems committed to continuing to fight um whether that's top contenders or if he's satisfied fighting yeah making you know some kind of money fight we'll have to see about that but um yeah uh it was exciting fight and exciting to see where especially Marlon Chito Vera will go next because, yeah, he's definitely one fight away from challenging for that bantamweight title. And 
with that, that brings us to the Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards 2 tomorrow night, August 20th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Main card starts at 10, prelims at 8, early prelims at 6.30. I will be tuning in definitely at 6.30, watching this entire card. Um, the main card, stock full of some great fights. Um, and then you look all the way to the early prelims and it's exciting. So um, we're going to break down a couple fights for you right here, giving maybe some uh, suggestions on some bets, maybe some guys to stay away from. And a couple guys that, you know, I feel confident that you can definitely just lock in for a win. So the first fight that I wanted to break down for you guys was the Marcin Tybura versus Alexander Romanov heavyweight bout. Um, this is the last fight on the prelims. It's going to be really exciting. There was a little reshuffling on the card. This was initially supposed to be the first fight on the main card. Got bumped to be the uh, prelim headliner. Either way, this is definitely going to be a really exciting fight. I don't see it um, going the distance. You know, looking at Marcin Tybura, MMA guy with some really great KO power and submission skills. You know, although he hasn't recorded a submission victory since he entered the UFC in 2016, um, he still does have that skill set in the repertoire. He's been fighting since 2011. He started off his career with three or four first wins coming by submission, and he's also never been submitted in his career. Um, he was on a five-fight win streak in the UFC before he lost a bout by decision to Alexander Volkov, who's a really great um, heavyweight guy in the top 10. Um, during Tybura's five-fight win streak, you know, he had a great win, uh, KO win over Greg Hardy during Greg Hardy's short stint in the UFC. Uh, and then he also had a um, decision win against Sergey Spivak, who most recently beat Augusto Sakai uh, by TKO. So, you know, this guy has got the wins. He's been in the UFC for a while. He's been fighting for a while. Um, and then, you know, you look on the other side of it, Alexander Romanov, Moldovian heavyweight, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, he's 16-0 and in his professional career and 5-0 and in the UFC. Uh, of his five uh, UFC fights, four have failed to go the distance, and he's won three of which by submission. Um, He's got some really good uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills. And I was checking out, and he's going to probably come in about 10 pounds lighter than Taibora when it comes to fight night. So I see his speed being really big, especially because he's coming in with a three-inch uh, reach disadvantage. Um, in addition, he's a southpaw, which I think is going to open up a lot of body and leg kicks for Taibora sorry, against Tybura, who is orthodox. Um, so this is going to be a really exciting fight um, to end the prelims. My prediction um, is that Romanov is going to try and take Tybura down a lot and then use those Brazilian jiu-jitsu skills um, to put Tybura in a compromising uh, position. And I'm going to say it, I think that this is the first time in his career that Tybura is going to be submitted. I have Romanov winning in a round three or two submission, you know, kind of depends on the cardio. Um, I think that if it makes it to round three, Tybor is just going to be exhausted and he could get, you know, not necessarily a completely technical um, submission, but a submission like you saw um, Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena won 
you know, Pena didn't necessarily have the hooks in, but she was able to get the submission because uh, Nunez was just so tired. Or Yuri versus Glover Teixeira. Teixeira was just exhausted. You know, Yuri just put him in a headlock. Really nothing special, but it got the job done. So I see Romanov uh, really being able to show his skills um, and his really technical skills uh, against Tybura. And I see this fight... Uh, vaulting Romanov into the top 10 you know on the other side of it Tybur will probably sit in that 11 spot um could have a great performance but that's not gonna move him up at all um either way it's gonna be a super exciting heavyweight bout uh to end the prelims and get us really excited for a incredible main card tomorrow night Next, I'm going to break down the bantamweight bout between Jose Aldo and Marab Divalishvili. Again, I know that I'm butchering that, and I'm very sorry. I even looked up a video on how to pronounce it, watched it like three or four times. I'm still struggling. I'm sorry. Anyways, this is going to be a real exciting fight in the bantamweight division. Mentioned it when I was talking about the Cruz-Marlon uh, Vera fight, you know, you know, the winner of this could challenge for the title. Um, you know, only person ahead of Aldo who is not named TJ Dillashaw is Peter Yan, who's fighting Sean O'Malley. You know, if Sean O'Malley wins, I doubt he challenges for the title. Um, I think he uses it to get himself another massive fight, um, you know, grow his brand and everything. Um, Peter Yan wins, then yeah, maybe he has um, another argument for a third bout against Aljamain Sterling if he wins or against TJ Dillashaw. Um, so then Marab, you know, he might have to fight one more time to try and get a title shot, but, you know, he he definitely could make the argument for the fight. Um, you know, he has teammates with Aljamain Sterling, very good friends. I know that they don't really want to fight, but, you know, that's kind of the business and they might have to. Um, I don't see Sterling just giving the belt away even though he has mentioned that in the past you know that's not necessarily something you do you don't just give away a uh, ufc title belt um so this is going to be a really exciting fight um when it comes to the actual fight um aldo is a plus 115 underdog marab is a minus 135 favorite uh, i think that's a pretty fair um line you know aldo is 35 he's been fighting forever since the WEC, uh, Marab 31, but, if, you know, more of a newcomer and more of an up-and-coming guy, especially in this bantamweight division. Aldo has bounced between the featherweight and the bantamweight division. I think he's kind of found his home in the bantamweight division, um, you know, lost to Alexander Volkanovsky, um, Max Holloway in the featherweight division, so I think he's in a good spot here. Um, he's on a three-fight win streak, wins over Marlon Chito Vera, who, who we were just talking about, Pedro Munoz, who's a great fighter, and Rob Font, who uh, is also one of the top-ranked uh, bantamweights. Marab is, I believe, on a six, seven-fight win streak. Um, you know, last fight against Marlon Moraz, uh, KO in the second round. You know, this is going to be an exciting fight. Both guys strikers. I don't see this going to the ground. I think it's going to be very high-paced. You know, it's only three rounds, so not a main uh, event fight. So, got, obviously, got to give um, Aldo the 
advantage in terms of veteran status. He's been here before. He was the champion for so long um, before he was dethroned by Conor McGregor. He's got you know a two-inch reach advantage, one-inch height advantage. Um, you know he's got a better takedown percentage, um, but a uh, you know smaller takedown average. I see Marab being the guy who could try and take this down uh, to the mat. You know, like I said, teammates with Aljamain Sterling. Um, Aljamain's a huge wrestler, so could see him trying to take it down, try for a submission, but neither. Um, yeah, you know, he averages, I think, seven takedowns a fight. So he's going to try and take it down. Um, but, you know, Aldo scrambling and grappling is incredible. Um, he's going to be moving around, I think, very well in the octagon. So when it comes to actual picks, I'm going to go with Aldo by decision. You know, I think just the experience that he has um, is really going to what makes the difference in this fight you know he's been here before he's you know piece 35 but um really doesn't seem like it in the slightest you know the three guys that he beat in his last three fights following his ko loss to pieter jan marlon vero talked about you know one of the upcoming stars could challenge for the belt that could honestly be an interesting rematch if aldo wins or loses honestly um but I think that Aldo's going to edge it in a decision win uh, in a very close fight that is going to be exciting, that's going to set up uh, our uh, one of two main events, our Paula Casa versus Luke Rockhold. This fight is going to be, I think, pretty insane. Um, I think it's going to be nonstop action. It's going to set up an incredible title fight between Usman and Edwards. Um, first, you know, let's look at Luke Rockhold. He's a striker, but... Trains out of American Kickboxing Academy, so more of a kickboxer. And, you know, um, he's got that length and, um, you know, just that kind of octagon control. He's got a two-inch height advantage and a five-inch reach advantage on Policasa, which I think is very important uh, against an opponent like Policasa who will just walk you down uh, and try and control the octagon. You know, he's going to want to keep him at distance away from those powerful, powerful hands of Paulo Costa. Um, you know, Luke Rockhold hasn't fought since 2019 uh, when he was knocked out by Jan uh, Blahovich. That's when he was fighting in the light heavyweight division. Before that, uh, he lost a title fight against Yoel Romero. That was back in the middleweight division. Um, his last win coming against David Branch um, in 2017, KO win, you know, he has struggled since he lost the belt to Michael Bisping in 2016 when he was knocked out in the first round. Um, and, you know, he's 37 at this point, trying to come back after a three-year hiatus. You know, I give him a lot of credit. Obviously, he's unranked, but he's fighting um, the number six-ranked middleweight in the division um, in Palo Casa. But, you know, he's still a very strong fighter. He had, you know, uh, a five-fight win streak when he beat um, Michael Bisping and Chris Weidman. Um, Michael Bisping via submission and Chris Weidman uh, TKO. So, you know, you can't forget the accolades that he has. Is he going to be able to continue that and um, kind of reach back and grab some of that old glory? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting fight. Um 
you know, you look at Paulo Costa, obviously you talked about the reach and height disadvantage, you know, the height two inches, not too much. The, the reach though at five inches could be significant. Um, you know, Luke Rockhold's orthodox, or sorry, Southpaw with Paulo Costa being orthodox, which could open Paulo Costa up to being uh, susceptible to some body kicks. And as Luke Rockhold being a very good striker and kickboxer, um, that, you know, could be pro- a problem. That could be something that Luke Rockhold um, tries to focus on to try and, you know, keep Paulo Costa at a distance. But, you know, 31 years old, six years younger, he has only fought once since his 2020 loss to Israel Adesanya when he challenged for that middleweight belt, um, when he was knocked out in the second round, really just kind of outclassed, outpowered, outstruck. He had uh, a list of excuses after that fight, um, really never just kind of processed the fight, in my opinion. Um, then he had the debacle of a fight against Marvin Vittori where uh, he failed to make weight. It was initially supposed to be in the middleweight division at 185. Um, Then he said he wasn't going to be able to make weight um, and that uh, it was going to be maybe at catch weight, which is kind of essentially a made-up division that would have been 195, and then he wasn't going to make that, so they did it all the way up at 205. Um, He ended up losing by decision, kind of just looked sluggish he didn't look like himself um but you know we can't forget that he was the fighter that was 13 and 0 coming into that title challenge against israel adesanya a guy who um bloodied up yoel romero in an absolute battle that he won by unanimous decision um getting a ko against uriah hall uh when uriah hall was still really a a big contender so he is a guy who still has that um, power, and I think that's been forgotten a little bit. Um, and I think that he's pretty motivated this fight to kind of remind everybody who he is. Um, you know, talked about the last fights that Luke Rockhold has had, you know, his five fights. He's two and three. Um, he's knocked out two of his opponents and been knocked out three times. Um, you know, once was when he tried to go up to light heavyweight against Jan Blahovich. I don't think that was a great decision. Um, so I do think that, you know, middleweight is definitely his weight class. He'll be more comfortable here. That being said, I see Costa controlling the octagon, controlling the center, uh, and walking Luke down a lot. Um, you know, Luke's going to try and keep him at bay, use that striking a lot, use a lot of kicks and stuff. But overall, I see just the, you know, um, stamina and power of Costa being too much. And, you know, a round two knockout is, is what I'm going to go with. You know, Costa being the minus 400 favorite, Luke Rockhold a plus 310 underdog, fairly rightly so. Um, I think you've got to go with Costa, the smart bet. Um, you know, and this fight could set Costa up for, um, you know, challenging Derek Brunson, maybe uh, Jared Cannonier, who's just coming off of that title challenge. You know, uh, I think Derek Brunson has a fight coming up soon. So um, he's looking to get back on track. Luke Rockhold's looking to, you know, make a bit of a resurgence. But at 37, um, coming off of two KO losses, 
I think it's going to be tough, and I think you really got to go with Paula Costa on this one. And that brings us to our main event of the evening, the welterweight title fight between Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards. Usman coming in at a minus 360 favorite uh, with Edwards as a plus 280 underdog. Um, you know, this is a rematch of their fight from, I believe, 2015. Um, they fought, uh, it was Usman's second fight in the UFC directly after he won um, the Ultimate Fighter Uh Season 21, I believe. Uh, he beat Edwards, um, It was, I think, on the prelims um, in a, a pretty, you know, not a super exciting fight. That's when um, Usman was more of a wrestler, um, and he ended up winning, yeah, by decision. Had, I think, six takedowns. It was fairly dominant overall, um, but... I don't think that a lot is going to be taken from that fight um, now to this one, you know, seven years later. Um, Usman has completely developed into a full-on striker with absolute knockout power, as we've seen um, with Gilbert Burns, Colby Covington, uh, and Jorge Masvidal. So, you know, I see this being a lot more of a stand-up battle between two strikers, um, you know, Edwards is a southpaw. Usman will switch, but, you know, he's mostly um, an orthodox fighter. You know, when you're just looking at straight statistics, you have Edwards with a two-inch height advantage and Usman with a two-inch reach advantage. So those kind of nullify each other, if anything. Um, You know, both coming in right at 170, weighing in today. Um, I think that Usman is obviously developed from a straight wrestler into almost a pure striker um you know his just straight jab you know it's a it's a powerful powerful jab um he's able to knock down gilbert burns a guy that you know is in just absolutely battles um and he was able to, to tko gilbert burns um but then you know you look at the um evolution of leon edwards um you know, hasn't lost since that uh, loss to Usman um, in 2015. He had one fight with Bilal Muhammad that was declared a no contest due to uh, eye pokes, uh, although it was, you know, granted only going into the second round, it, it was going um, Leon Edwards' way, but he's also, he had the win over Nate Diaz um, in 2021, uh, decision win over Rafael Dos Anjos, um, you know, decision win over Donald Cerrone, um, you know, decision win over Vincente Luque. The the thing is that, you know, he's a striker and he's supposed to have these powerful hands, but he hasn't had a knockout win uh, since 2018. Uh, you look at the 2021 fight with Nate Diaz, you know, obviously he was rocking Nate Diaz, probably uh, a different fighter would have been, you know, Put out, but he wasn't. You know, Nate Diaz has that chin, so he was able to stay in the fight. And then in the fifth round, um, you know, he had Edwards wobbled, uh, I believe, with a straight left um, in, a, in a two-punch combo. So Usman, he's not going to get knocked out. You know, if you're going to beat Usman, it's going to be by uh, a decision win. Um, you know, Usman's only loss come came in his second uh, professional fight. Uh, where he lost due to rear naked choke. 
you know, that I don't think there's really danger of him being submitted at this point, especially with Leon Edwards, who uh, is not a, a submission guy. Um, you know, I think only has one submission in the UFC, uh, three in his uh, his career. So it's going to be a stand-up striking fight. Uh, you know, I will say, seen some videos of Leon Edwards the past couple of days. Um, his striking looks very clean. He's looking fast. I think um, he had a video showing kind of his use of elbows, which I think if he wants to win, that's something that he's going to have to utilize fairly well. Um, he's going to have to get in close and not let that jab of Usman kind of keep him at length uh, and let Usman kind of control the pace. You know, Leon Edwards is going to have to take it to the champ uh, and do something that, you know, no one has really done except for maybe Gil, or sorry, uh, Colby Covington the first time uh, that he fought Kamaru Usman. Um, you know, that being said, I think that you got to go with the champ. I mean, 20 and one, number one pound for pound uh, guy on the planet, minus 360 favorite. My guess is that you bet on it not to go the distance. Uh, I would go with knockout uh, and Usman winning. Um, I think that, you know, his power is just too much. Uh, he's developed so much as a striker in his last few fights. Um, you know, and obviously Leon Edwards is on this, I believe, 10-fight win streak. But I think he's really going to gonna run into an absolute brick wall uh, when he hits the Nigerian nightmare. So... My my bet is go with Usman uh, by dis, uh, sorry by TKO. Uh, I would say fourth round, um, but either way, this is going to be an incredible card, uh, and we'll be back next week to talk about our picks uh, and then look ahead to a pretty exciting um, UFC fight night: Siragon versus Tai Tuivasa, uh, which is going to be from Paris on September third. So. We'll check back in next week and enjoy the card.